just something that I just believe is going to be a blessing to so many people. Um, the title of the message this morning is Don't Give Up. Tell the person beside you, don't give up. Come on, tell somebody else, say, don't give up. I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into it. Father, thank you so much for this morning and for your word. I ask you, Lord God, that as I speak, as I share that, Lord God, every heart would be open and receptive to your word. That, Father, we would walk from here encouraged, lifted, emboldened, encouraged, Lord God, to move to the next level, to push on, to keep going. That, God, that your word would come in like a razor blade, Lord God. That it would deeply divide and it would open and it would, you would pour into us what we need to carry on. Father, I ask you that you wear me like a jacket. Wear me like a glove that, Lord God, you'd be the substance of everything that's said. And that, Father, we would leave here different than we came in. And we promise to give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Listen, before all of this COVID thing happened, I used to work out. That's the truth. I used to work out. Amen. Um, some of you know what this is like because since COVID, some of us ain't done nothing since COVID took place. And so I used to work out. And my wife and I, we were going to the gym, like we would go to this exercise class, right? And we're going to this exercise class. It was like five o'clock in the morning that it would go like from five to six. And so I would go together. And um, every morning we'd go until, until my birthday happened. And when my birthday came around, I decided it was my birthday, it's in November, and I didn't want to go to exercise on that day, or the next, or the next, and then Thanksgiving, right? Who goes to exercise Thanksgiving? Nobody, right? And so then, and then, before I knew it, Christmas was right there, right? Nobody works out during Christmas, right? And then New Year's came, and then all of a sudden I found myself, hold on, it's been like six weeks, two months since I worked out. And so New Year's came, you know, everybody doing their resolutions and stuff like that, and one of my resolutions was to work out, exactly. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to go back. So I go back to the class. So my wife did not stop working out the whole time. She just kept going. And so I go back to the class. It's like two months later. I go back and we're in this group stuff and we're all working out together. And I see my wife. And she's, you know, we're running and she's running ahead of me. And I'm like, hey, I used to be faster than her. And so I'm going to show her that she can't be faster than me. And so I, you know, I, I run up, right? And then she's lifting weights. I noticed that she's lifting heavier weights than she was lifting when I used to come to work out. And so I decided, well, I have to lift heavier weights too. Come on now, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm the man. (laughs) And after about 10 minutes of working out, my head started to feel dizzy. My lungs felt like they were going to bust open. I was, I was walking around like this, trying to find somewhere to sit. And then the, the, the trainer came to me and said, Hey, 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 don't, don't sit. I said, what? I'm about to fall right now and hit the floor. What are you talking about? He said, don't sit. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give up. You know, one of the things I, I realized is that sometimes we quit too soon. Sometimes we quit too soon. And, and you know what? You don't have to backslide to quit. A lot of times when we think about quitting on the Lord, we think it's like a backsliding thing. Sometimes you don't have to backslide to quit. Sometimes you just 
tired. Anybody ever been tired before? Tired of waiting. Tired of praying. Tired of fighting. Tired of moving on, of pressing, of trying so hard. Tired of these kids. Hello. Tired of this marriage. Tired of this job. You ever been tired before? Tired of politics. Tired of wearing masks. Tired of working from home. Tired of hearing another statistic. Just tired. I'm not talking about the the tired that sleep will fix. Hello. I'm talking about the tired that you can show up and still not be there. Have you ever been there? I'm talking about the tired where you're present but you're not engaged. I'm talking about the tired that says, I, you might see me physically, but emotionally I'm somewhere else. Your body's here with me, but your mind is on the other side of town. Come on now, somebody. <laughs> it's a tired that saps your motivation. You're getting irritable and you don't even know why. That kind of tired. And when I went back to the gym, I recognized this one truth. Here's the truth I recognized. Tiredness is a sign of unhealth. Tiredness is a sign of unhealth. How tired you get when you're pushed determines how fit you really are. That sometimes the, the fitness that we think we have is only showed up by how much we can actually take. A lot of times emotionally, spiritually, we're tired. And we think we're not because we read our Bible. We think we're not because we're still coming to church. Or we think we're not because we're still tired. But the truth is, the things that get on our nerves now didn't used to get on our nerves before. All of a sudden, the kids are walking, stomping, step. our husband, our wife, they, they're twerking on our last nerve. And we're trying to brush them off. And so if you're tired this morning, this message is for you. Uh, a week and a half ago, I, I came into work. I was tired. I don't mean physically. I was tired. I was taking my vitamins, but I was tired. Emotionally, I was drained. I just felt like, what is going on? And so I went to my friend, Pastor Lisa. I said, well, Pastor Lisa, man, I'm feeling it this morning. I don't know what's going on. And Pastor Lisa, man, you know, it's always good to have a friend who knows the word. Amen? It's always good to have a friend who's going to slap you upside the face and tell you, listen, man, God is still in control. Can somebody say amen? Man, that, I'll tell you what, Pastor Lisa pumped some faith into me. She gave me some word. She gave me some encouragement. She prayed for me. Man, and I came out, I felt like Superman. I walked out of there. I was like, yes! And then slowly over the day, I just started feeling it coming on again. I was like, Lord, what is going on? What's going on? And the Lord gave me a scripture. And I want to share that scripture with you. And it says this, Galatians 6 verse 9. And let us not grow weary. Somebody say weary. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, someone say good due season. In due season we shall reap 
if we do not lose heart. The NIV says, we shall reap if we don't give up. If we don't give up. And so this morning I have three points for you. And I really want to take some notes this morning because I want to help you if you're feeling weary. I want to help you to get out of that place of weariness. Number one, weariness is a warning sign. Weariness is a warning sign. It's like that light on your dashboard when you're driving. The engine light comes on. Listen, it might be an annoyance at first, but if you don't check that car, pretty soon that engine is going to fail. It's a warning sign. When you're feeling weary, you need to take heed and recognize that something is wrong. Weary means this. It means to lose your sense of pleasure. It means to not feel the enjoyment you should. I want you to hear me. You see, you can have great kids, but not enjoy them because you're weary. You can have a great spouse, And not enjoy them because you're weary. You can have a job that you work so hard to get and it could be your dream job, but you no longer find pleasure in it. Not because of anything that's wrong with the job, but because you are just weary. You're weary. You've lost the oomph. You've lost the the, the excitement. You've lost the thing that causes you to, to pump up, get pumped up in the morning. Others could wish they had what you have, but you can't even enjoy the things that you have. In fact, the Bible says that for you to enjoy the fruit of your labor is an actual gift from God. So therefore, when you start to lose that, when you start to realize you don't enjoy the things you used to enjoy anymore, that's a warning sign that something is wrong. It means that you're weary, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're burnt out. And sometimes we get weary because the season is just taking longer than anticipated. (laughs) The difficulty is taking longer than we expect. I mean, COVID should have been over months ago. Oh my Lord. It's just taking longer than I thought. I thought normal would have been back by now. Can somebody say amen? Amen. I thought we would have had a baby by now. I thought I would have been married by now. I thought I would have had that job by now. That promotion by now. That increase by now. That breakthrough by now. That ministry by now. I thought I would have had that thing by now. But it seems to be taking so long. The healing still hasn't come yet. The provision still hasn't come yet. The answer still hasn't come yet. Why does it feel like I'm waiting forever? I'm weary. And sometimes because we're fighting so long for something we've been hoping on for so long, we're we're experiencing battle fatigue. We've been fighting so long that we're tired. But here's something I want to tell you. The enemy knows he can't take you out. So he's just trying to wear you out. I'm going to say that again. The enemy knows he can't take you out. So he's just trying to wear you out. Because if he can wear you out, you see, he's given, he, he's given you his best shot, but you didn't fall. And so all he's trying to do now is outlast you. But you will overcome whatever you outlast. Oh my God. 
Somebody needs to hear that this morning. You will overcome whatever you outlast. Now is not the time to give in. Now is not the time to give up. I'm telling you, you will overcome whatever you outlast. The Bible says, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. The Bible says this, that this is, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Hallelujah. You see, God knew weariness would come. God knew weariness would come. That's why He told us, Be not weary while doing good. Be not weary while doing good. What does that mean, while doing good? You're doing the right thing, but you're not getting the right results. Oh, Pastor, you don't understand. I've been giving, I've been giving, I've been giving. I still can't see it. That's what it means. Be not weary doing good. Man, I've been serving this man. I've been serving this woman. I've been serving her since the day we got married. And it still doesn't seem like things are turning around. Man, I've been praying for my kids. He's still on drugs. I've been trying. You feel like you're doing the right thing, but you're not seeing the right results. Hmm. Reminds me of David. So David was doing the right thing all the time. Man, David was out there taking care of the sheep for, for days, for weeks, for months, for years. He's out here serving his family, taking care of the sheep, serving, serving. And one day a prophet comes by the house and nobody invites David to the dinner. Nobody invites David to come to see the prophet. David was neglected. David was ignored. He was doing the right thing, but not getting the right results. He was there serving and serving and serving. God had to remind his father that he had another son. Now you know things are bad when God has to remind you that you have another child. That's rough. That's where David was. And David was doing the right thing, but he wasn't getting the right results. Well, guess what happened? The, David comes in, the prophet anoints David. And David, for 13 years continued to do the right thing. He, he played music for Saul. Then he became Saul's warrior. He killed a giant. He married Saul's daughter. He did all these things and Saul turned against him. And for 13 years, here it is, David was doing right and Saul, his father-in-law, turns against him. Not only does he turn against him, David is running from Saul all this time and he never insults Saul. He never turns his back on Saul. He never betrays Saul. All of this happens and one day, 13 years later, Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 30, I'll give you the backstory. Here it is, David and his men went to fight this war with some Philistines. And the Philistines said, hey, we don't want you on our side because we feel like you're going to just betray us and turn your back on us. So go back home. When they come back home, they come back home to this place called Ziklag. And when they come back home, all of the men's wives and children are kidnapped. Kidnapped, absolutely. And 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 4 says this, and David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. How many of you know that sounds like weariness? They wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. Then verse 6 says this, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul, someone says soul, the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen. I want to hear something. 
three days after this, Saul is killed in battle and David becomes king. Three days after this, three days after David faced his worst crisis, three days after David felt like it was time to give up, three days after his soul was in such a dark place, his breakthrough came. What am I saying? I'm saying you may be going through your hardest fight right now, but I'm here to tell you breakthrough is on the way. I'm here to tell you, your due season is coming. I'm here to tell you, it's darkest right before the dawn. Listen, this is the time for your victory. David encouraged himself in the Lord. How many of you know that David could have discouraged himself in the Lord? David could have discouraged himself in the Lord. David said this, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I don't know what kind of night you're going through right now, but joy is coming. Joy is coming. Your harvest is closer than you think. Your harvest is closer than you think. I realize that David, as easily as he talked himself into victory, he could have talked himself into defeat. Come on now. He could have said, man, I'm too tired. I'm too tired to believe for my marriage anymore. I'm too tired to keep this business going. I'm too tired to fight this addiction. I'm too tired to try again. I've been doing it for so long. I'm too tired. He could have talked himself out of victory. He could have talked himself into defeat. But what he said to himself in the Lord was what caused him to carry on. He didn't give up because he spoke not what he saw. He spoke what he believed. Oh, come on now. Amen. Here's how you talk. You say, my season is coming. God is still on the throne. He who started a good work is faithful to complete it. This is what you say. You say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You got, you got to speak to yourself and say, I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. Hallelujah. Blessed be God who always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. You say, I am the head and not the tail. I am blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. You say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You speak to yourself. Sometimes we can't say what we feel. We can't say what we, what we see. We have to say what we believe. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Hallelujah. Don't give up. Tell somebody, don't give up. Come on now. Don't give up. This is not the time to give up. You are right on the edge of your breakthrough. Don't give up. This is not the time to throw in the towel. This is not the time to stop doing good. For your due season is upon us. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you something. I'm excited because I realize when things get rough and I start to feel weary that God has a plan for me in my breakthrough. I've just got to keep going. It says you can give up before your harvest. It says you can give up before your... I don't want to give up before my harvest. I want to make sure that I'm still going strong. Amen? Amen. Here's the second point I want to make. is that weariness is a sign that we've lost our focus. Weariness is a sign that we've lost our focus. Focus on what? First of all, focus on the reward. It says, in due season, we shall reap. In due season, we shall reap. The New Living Translation says it this way. It says, so let us not get tired of doing what is good. 
at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Paul says this, your harvest is your motivation for your endurance. Your harvest is your motivation for your endurance. You see, you've got to remember the promise that God made you. (laughs) You have to remember why you started this in the first place. You have to remember what the vision is that you have in your mind for what you thought was going to happen. You've got to hold on to that because that is what ought to be the motivation for your endurance. You see, Habakkuk 2.2 says this, write the vision down and make it plain. Why? Because you want to make sure that every time you get off track, you can look back at where you started. What was this all about? Why did I start doing this in the first place? Oh, I remember the vision the Lord gave me. You've got to write it down. You've got to make it plain. Hebrews 12.2, this is Jesus, talking about Jesus, he says this, that we are to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And here's what it says, here's what it says, here's what we need to look, he's the example. It says that, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. What does that mean? It means that Jesus saw the vision of what was going to happen if he went through the cross. And that's what gave him the motivation to stick with it, to not give up, to say, not my will, but thy will be done. You see, he saw me getting saved. He saw you getting saved. He saw your family coming together. He saw your children coming back home. He saw all that and he decided it's worth it. It's worth it. If his eyes were on the cross, he'd be in trouble. Bible, there's an old song that says, When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Hallelujah. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. He was looking at the vision, at the harvest that he was going to get if he went through what he went through. In the same way, it's for you and I. We've got to keep our focus on the reward. You've got to see your business thriving. You've got to see your marriage happy. You've got to see your children holy. You've got to see what you are believing for. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Your reward is your why. Your reward is your why. It's why you're doing what you're doing. And if you lose your why, you will lose your way. Oh, come on, tell somebody. If you lose your why, you lose your way. If you don't have a proper why, if you don't understand why you need to stick it out, why you need to press on, why you need to keep going, if you can't see the harvest, you will lose your way in the middle of what you're going through. You got to remember your why. Focus on the harvest. Here's the second thing you have to focus on. You got to focus not only on the reward, but you have to focus on the rewarder. Focus on the reward, but focus on the rewarder. Isaiah 40 verse 28 says this, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is, here's our word, weary. God never gets weary. 
God never loses His passion for you. God never stops getting excited over you. God never loses His desire for you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad it's been. God never gets weary of you. He's not like you and your kids. I'm telling you, He don't get no weary. He don't get frustrated because you're online now. No, God keeps going. God keeps going. Here's a, he says, He never gets faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to who? The weak. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, He does what? Increases strength. Come on, say that with me. He does what? Increases strength. strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. Listen, weary is not an all people thing. Some of you think you're weary because you're old. You ain't old. Youth get weary too. Everybody gets weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be... Come on now. They shall run and not be... Listen, if you wait on the Lord, He says you won't be weary. You've got to remember the one who promised you the vision. It's not just the vision, but He who promised is faithful. I want you to understand this. God says, I'm going to do it. You've got to trust Him to do it. It's not just about the reward. It's about the one who promises the reward. Oh my gosh, if it was just about the reward, then it would all have to do with my strength. But it's not about my strength. It's about His strength. It's about His ability. It's about His power. It's about what He started. He said, listen, I have started something in you and I will complete it. Hallelujah. Weariness is a sign we've lost our focus. Weariness, third point, weariness is a sign... We've lost our rest. Weariness is a sign we've lost our rest. You see, one of the things that we don't realize sometimes that we're spiritual, physical, and emotional. We're a three-part being. Spiritual, physical, and emotional. We've got to take care of all three parts of who we are. And sometimes we're weary not because of the devil, not because of people, not because of circumstances. Sometimes we're weary because we're not, we just don't allow ourselves to get a rest. Don't allow ourselves to get a break. Don't allow ourselves to unplug. We don't allow ourselves to do the things that are necessary. Listen to this. Jesus said this. It's so important. Jesus said, come unto me. I love this. I love this. Matthew eleven twenty six. He says, come unto me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you a miracle. No. I will, I, I will give you some deliverance. Nah. That's all he said. Ah, come, come on to me, all who are weary, and, and I'll give you... Well, here's what he says. I'll give you rest. The prescription for the condition of weariness is rest. <laughs> oh, uh, watch this. Look at this. He goes on to say this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find, what's this? Rest 
for your souls. A lot of us, what is going on right now is that we need rest for our soul. Right now, our soul is so tired and weary and dragging and we can't even figure out what's going on. And Jesus says, I've got something for you. It's called rest for your soul. <laughs> Jesus wants to give us rest for our soul. Sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do is just stop and rest. But it's hard. It's hard to rest. <laughs> it's hard to rest. In fact, Hebrews 4.11 says this, Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. Let us make every effort. Think about this for a second. The writer of Hebrews is saying, I want you to work hard to rest. I want you to work hard to rest. Why? Because rest is going to take care of your soul. But in order to get rest, you got to work at it. It's like, it's like a doctor. Alright? So, the doctor is there to take care of you. But you've got to work hard to get to the doctor. You don't see somebody who is really sick and you say, Hey, uh, you need to go to the doctor. They say, Yeah, I'll go when I have time. No, 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 no. You got to move things around in your schedule. You got to call in and say, Hey, I'm taking a sick day today. You got to do whatever you got to do in order to get to the doctor. And that's how you get your help. Jesus says, I have some rest for you, but you need to work hard to get rest. You know what most people say? When I have time, I'll take rest. Most people are like, oh, when I have some time, I don't have time to rest. I don't have time to rest. Well, if you don't have time to rest, your engine's going to break down. You are going to give up before the harvest comes. You have got to get some rest. And you have to make every effort to get the rest you need. The two types of rest that you need to get. Number one is called this. This is what I call daily. Watch this. Divert daily. I kind of mixed it up in my head. Divert daily. What does that mean? It means spending some quiet time with the Lord. It means that God, God said this. He said this. Be still and know that I am God. Oh my gosh. Listen our our souls need to be still and know that he is god you see when i'm facing all these things in life that are coming at my soul that are attacking my soul when i'm facing everything there's a point at which i need to be still and know that this sickness is not god that, that my work is not God, that my spouse is not God, that my children is not God, that my business is not God, that my debt is not God, that these bills are not God. I need to be still and know that He is God. I am not. And because He is God, when I am still in His presence, my soul gets energized because I recognize who I do believe in. That's it. I need that every day. Every day I need to get to a place where I'm just still enough to know you are God. You're in control. You're still on the throne. And I still believe you. I still trust you. I don't care what I'm going through right now, God. You are still the one in charge. And I submit fully to you. Your soul needs it. When you're weary, your soul needs it. 
When, you're, when you've lost your passion, your soul needs it. When you start to feel like a dragon, your soul needs it. It needs that time to divert from all the distractions and get to this place of just being quiet before the Lord. Just being still and knowing that He is God. Amen. Hallelujah. He is God. You see, when you think about the harvest, the harvest is the why. When you think about the, the rewarder, the rewarder is the who. Uh, diverting daily. That's the what. Being still is the what that refreshes your soul. It's the what that you need. You got to start that time in your day with worship or with prayer or time of just being quiet or looking in the word because that is what is going to build your soul up so that you can get out of this place of weariness. But here's the other one, and this one is even tougher. The other thing, the other rest we need is to withdraw weekly. Withdraw weekly. And that's what we call the Sabbath. Sabbath. What is, what is a Sabbath? A Sabbath is to take a 24-hour block of time once a week to stop work, enjoy rest, recreation, relationships, and God. I'm going to say that again. Sabbath means to stop work, enjoy rest, recreation, relationships, and God. Stop work, enjoy rest, recreation, relationships, and God. Stop work, stop work, enjoy rest, recreation, relationships, and God. I, I, used, to, I used to practice the Sabbath a wrong way. So I, I, every Friday, you know, our, our office is closed on a Friday. And so for Friday, I used to have my Sabbath on a Friday. But what I found was I would exchange job work for housework. My wife runs a tight house. And she always had an agenda for me on my Sabbath. Hallelujah. Every, every Friday I'd wake up, she said, what's on your agenda today? I'd say nothing. And she'd say, oh yes, there is. There is something. And I would have a list of things to do. And I realized after a while, my soul really wasn't getting the rest I thought it should have been getting on my Sabbath. And so I started to move my... So I said, babe, hear what? I'm changing my Sabbath. So what does that mean? I said, hey, my Sabbath is now going to be Friday at 6 to Saturday at 6. And everything you need done, make sure you tell me early Friday because I'm going to get it all done by... If it doesn't get done by 6, it ain't getting done. It is not getting done today. Not this week, because the Sabbath is upon us. And so here's what I would do. Because people say, what do you do on a Sabbath? Listen, I have my family nights on a Sabbath. We play games, watch movies, we hang out with each other, we eat together. I spend this Saturday morning, I spend time, I read, I look in the Word, I do all this stuff. I, I, I do things I enjoy. But here's the point. Here's the point. I unplug and I enjoy God. I enjoy my relationships. I enjoy rest. And I enjoy recreation. You've got to take some Sabbath time. I'm going, here, you say, but man, that's impossible for me. That's why it says you've got to make every effort. Because God knew it wasn't going to be easy. Make every effort to rest. Why? Your soul needs it. Your soul needs it. So Sabbath is your when. Is your when to take a break. Find the people and places and activities that fill you with joy. 
There's some people that don't fill you with joy. Do not visit them on a Sabbath. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because that's work. And so you visit them during the other six days of the week. Amen. Come on, somebody. Say amen. 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 Listen, man. Spend time doing things that's going to lift you up. Because your soul needs the break. Hallelujah. I'm going to end with this story. This is uh, out of Kings. And when Elijah was... Um, Elijah was a prophet, right? And he had this competition with 450 worshippers of Baal. And they went up to this place called, called Mount Carmel. And they had this sacrifice kind of your God versus my God type of deal. And so Elijah won because God threw down fire, burnt up his, his sacrifice. And then the people killed 450 of these people false prophets, these Baal prophets, right there on Mount Carmel. Well, the king at the time, his name was Ahab, and King Ahab was there watching this whole thing. So King Ahab goes back to his wife. His wife's name is Jezebel. And so he says, Jez, Jez, guess what? And so he says, Jez, you know, Elijah did this and killed all of your prophets, all this kind of stuff. So Jezebel writes a note. They didn't have email or anything like that at that time. So she writes a note and sends back to Elijah. A guy comes and delivers to Elijah. And the note says, if... You are not like one of these prophets tomorrow. I'm telling you, I ain't queen. And so Jezebel, I mean, Jezebel really got on Elijah's skin. So Elijah ran. He ran away. He threw away everything. He got depressed. He ran away because of one angry woman. Hallelujah. There's another deeper message right there, but I ain't going to preach it today. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And then Elijah ends up, and this is where we're going to pick up in uh, chapter 19 of 1 Kings, verse 4. But he himself, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die. Sounds like weariness to me. And said, catch this, it is enough. No, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept, somebody say slept slept he lay and slept under a broom tree suddenly an angel touched him now when an angel shows up in the bible you can expect a couple of things you can expect the mouths of lions to be shut you can expect uh some uh virgin girl to be pregnant impregnated with a baby right you can expect you can expect the, the red sea to split up listen you are expecting a miracle when an angel shows up So let's see what happens. And so the angel shows up, touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Where's the miracle? Then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals in a jar of water. So he turns up, he wakes him up, he says, Arise and eat. And there was cake. That's the first mention of angel cake in the Bible. Right there. Praise the Lord, that's where we get it from. And then he looked, and there was a cake. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. Listen, Elijah didn't need deliverance. Elijah needed rest. Elijah didn't need deliverance. Elijah needed a break. He needed rest. He needed refreshing. He needed restoration. He needed something that would cause his soul 
to be restored. And some of us are weary and we don't need deliverance from your marriage. Listen, you don't need deliverance from your marriage. You don't need deliverance from your kids. I promise you, that's not what you need. You do not need deliverance from your job. That's not what you need. Here's what you need. You need rest for your soul. Hallelujah. That's what you need. You need rest. So you got to remember your why. Remember your why. What was the vision God put in your heart? What was the harvest that you had in mind? You got to remember your who. Remember the rewarder, not just the reward. If God is for me, who can be against me? You got to remember your who. Remember your what. Remember what is the thing, the spending time system that you have to be quiet before the Lord and allow Him to refuel you every day. And then remember your when. When do you stop and just enjoy the fruit of your labor? When do you stop? That is the prescription for a weary soul. Don't give up on your harvest. Don't quit now. Don't stop now. Don't, don't do that. Your due season is coming. And it's usually hardest right before the breakthrough. Amen. Did you receive something this morning? Come on, put your hands together and bless the Lord. Bow your heads with me. If you're watching right now this is the moment for you some of us we are weary and we don't have a who to go to we don't have a rewarder to go to we don't have that person who can give us the promise that says i am faithful i will never leave you i'll never forsake you what my promise is it's true And I'm going to do it for you. If that's you this morning, you this morning, and you say, you know what? I need a Savior. I need somebody in my life who can make all of this worth it. I want to offer you Jesus. If you're not saved, if you've never asked Jesus in your heart, today is your day. Today is your day for breakthrough and for victory. And I want to pray with you this morning or maybe